have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that. Because you don't know who you're going to meet. Who you're going to meet. Who you're going to meet. This is Cola Shippentower. Some people know me for my professional fight career in MMA or even my journey with jujitsu and pro grappling. Others know me for my advocacy for everything indigenous. And some know me for my unique ability of pissing people off while cultivating change at the same time. My goal is not to make everyone mad though. I want to spark your imagination through your heart and mind while encouraging, challenging, and even empowering you to think differently with compassion and love. I don't need a shit ton of followers or fans, only you, the listener, who's willing to challenge societal norms and standards to create a better world for all of us to thrive in. Let's go. What up, what up, what's going on? So, I am back at it again, hopping on Instagram Live. I love the accountability and the consistency that going live on Instagram provides for me when it comes to recording podcasts. I feel like I'm kind of getting two birds with one stone, sort of say. Um, But yeah, so I'm recording a new episode for the podcast and I actually have some really exciting news. So Instagram, you're getting it first. We are actually going to be redoing relaunching, revamping, revising, recreating, if you will, uh, the podcast that I host. It is actually no longer Enough is Enough or EIE. Um, I'm actually changing the name. And this is kicking off the very first episode with the brand new title, brand new name. I'm really, really excited about it. I hope you're ready for it. Um, we are actually switching gears and changing the name to the I Am podcast. I find so much power in those two words. I am. If you are talking about manifestation or creating, when we use I am statements, it is so powerful. It sets you up for success. It sets you up for the right mindset for whatever it is that you're trying to do, achieve, uh, reach for. You can use it almost in any sort of situation, any, any practice you've got going on. I am, I am statements are powerful and I am here for it. I am super excited. So no longer EIE, no longer enough is enough. We're switching gears. It is now the I am podcast and you all are hearing it first. Um, I've reach this whole different level, this whole different energy, this whole different vibe, if you will. Um, I think a lot of people are seeing it. Um, a quick update as to what I've been up to. Actually, it's not even really update. I think those of you that have been the most amazing, uh, friends, followers, family have seen, um, in the past month, all the transition, all the change that has been going on. I went to Florida for about five days. And before we all get all uppity about this, um, yeah, Florida is supposed to be one of the hotspots for COVID, but you know, I've done three tests so far since I've been back and I've been back for 10 days now. Each one of those tests have been negative. So I've not brought COVID back with me. And as far as I know, everyone in the turnip squad has also tested negative. So we're all healthy. We're all good. Um, 
but the turnip conference, let's talk about it for like a split second. I, I have some goals on being able to dive into it a little bit more, but, um, I teach a dance fitness class, which is called the turnip. It is not Zumba. It is a hundred times better than Zumba. Um, but we had a conference with our squad, our online community. And I also joined in on the it factor training, which was the level two training for the class. And I have to say, I cannot describe the overall experience, but I can describe the emotion, the feeling that I got once I came back. And the one word that is blasted in my mind is just love, love. And I think you all are seeing the repercussions of the conference. I mean, I posted the past couple of days um, celebrating my seven years of resiliency, my sobriety. Um, I was able to do a photo shoot with uh, Miss Francie Foster. Uh, also make sure a little plug, seen by, seen by Francie. Is, she is amazing. She is an absolute natural. She made the photo shoot so much fun and just easy. And it just felt really, really good. But you guys saw the finished product of all of that. And I think that was a really good representation of how I'm feeling here and here, just whole vibe, whole energy. And I'm, I'm excited. So we're creating the shift, um, changing the podcast to I am. So my, my dream, my vision for this is completing every podcast, regardless of if it's me solo or with someone else on the, on the show is ending it with an I am statement that people can take with them if they feel like they vibe with the person that's on or the story that's going on. So that's what I have in mind for this. So, all right, on to the nitty gritty of today's podcast and why I'm even talking right now. Um, something that I've kind of honed in on and started to really recognize and work on, it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. And I'm going to preface this conversation with, I am not a counselor, a therapist. I don't have any sort of credentials or any, or any official education, um, on this topic, but I do have my personal experiences and, uh, things that have helped me. And that's what we're going to, we're going to talk about is, are the things that have been able to help. So a big word. A lot of people experience it. A lot of people go through it. There's no judgment. This has always been a safe space for people to talk about it. And, um, I think it should be a little bit more normal in conversation. And I feel it is very easy to talk about in the circles that I've been running in. It's very refreshing and it's nice. Um, but I do my best not to rely heavily on this, um, and use it as a crutch, so to speak. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. Here's the word anxiety, anxiety. Yes. As a mom, as a wife, as an athlete, as an advocate, as a human being, I have been struggling with anxiety and probably the most in the past three years. Um, I was really able to identify it a few years back and I had a really hard time saying that I was struggling with it. I had a really hard time, uh, recognizing it for what it was because I had this weird stick stigma in my mind that if I have anxiety, then there might be something wrong with me. Um, not the case. I, I, I mean, uh, 
for myself, I don't think that there's anything really wrong with me. I'm very high strung though. I like to be doing all the things, but when we're talking about anxiety in my own personal experiences, how this shows up and being able to recognize it and what triggers it is really, really important. So I'll just cover um, my definition personally for me. And I have been to counseling. I have done all of that and we've been able to identify it's something that I am navigating through. So anxiety for me, what it can look like is not being able to focus, not being able to hone in on whatever it is that I have going through my mind. Um, I can have multiple thoughts going on at the same time. I could become really overwhelmed and not really be able to focus on whatever it is that I'm wanting to focus on in the moment. I could be in the middle of a, a workout, a lift, and my mind is thinking of all the to-dos or all the things that I should have done or all the things that I'm going to do. Or it could be thinking about all the projects that I have going on the side. Or I could, I could be thinking about uh, my friendships. If I said this the right way, if I said that the right way, I could be scrolling through my phone, my, like just mindlessly, not even thinking about what I'm looking at or what I'm even trying to do. It's just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Um, so that's one sign for me that my anxiety has been triggered is that I just can't focus. I have a hard time focusing. My brain's all over the place and I don't know what to do with it. Um, another trigger for me is um, my body starts to react. I start getting really jittery. I start feeling like I need to do something with my hands. I feel like I've got to either lift or I've got to run. I've got to train. I've got to dance. I've got to uh, clean my house. I've got to do something. It is physically triggering for me when I start feeling this overwhelming need to get something done, to be productive, to go, go, go. Um, probably, probably one of the more severe signs that I am actually going through, um, say like a panic attack or my anxiety is really, really high is that I do get a tightness in my chest. It becomes difficult to breathe. My heart rate has actually spiked. Um, and it gets really, really uncomfortable. So that's probably a bigger sign of a more severe, uh, issue with my anxiety. So, um, that's how I've been able to identify it. That's how I've been able to um, come to terms with what I've got going on. Oh, I, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty details because I definitely want people to be aware of what they have going on in their own lives and maybe talking to a counselor or somebody that's more official can let you know if it's something that you're trying to navigate or work through. Definitely um, seek out some type of source for that or a resource for that because uh, everyone's journey with anxiety or depression can be very different. So not one person is going to look exactly like the other. Uh, our triggers can be different. Our signs can be different. So it, it varies people to person to person, very individualistic. So that's just how I've been able to identify mine. But what I wanted to talk about is what helps me when I start getting to these points where I'm feeling so flustered, so anxious, so just kind of panicked, kind of stuck in my own head and my own worries and my own complications and just making things probably a little bit bigger than they actually um, need to be. So number one, and this one's really tough. And especially for the people that are also like a type A personality where we really like to go, go, go and get things done. This one was key for me though, because this is what my mind was actually needing and still does need. So number one, what helps me with my anxiety? Meditation. Now, 
my meditation might look a little different than some people's. So um, I, I think that a lot of us have this thought in our mind, okay, so this means we have to create this whole space, this whole vibe to be able to meditate. Uh, we have to have the special blanket, the special pillow. We have to have candles and incense and all these good things and just sit with our eyes closed and just breathe and meditate. Although that sounds really chill and like a whole vibe and I'm here for it, but that just isn't how meditation works for me. So one of the most optimal times for me to meditate is in the evening time because that's when my mind races the most. That's when I start thinking about all the things that I should have been doing that day. Um, so I've really invested in the Peloton app. I mean, there's lots of videos on YouTube. I just like the fact that my phone will turn off once it's done with my meditation. But the Peloton app has um, various types of meditations varying in time as well. You can have a five minute one, you can have a 20 minute one or even a half hour long meditation, but they're specific to sleep and relaxation. So these ones are really cool because it doesn't make you hone in on a specific emotion or tool you're trying to dive into. It literally focuses on allowing your brain to shut down and stop thinking too much. Um, it allows for you to do a body scan to get you to relax, which is exactly what I need when I'm trying to go to sleep. So nighttime meditation seems to work best for me. The other thing that I have and this is something that I've been able to really uh, create and have it cater to my own specific needs is I found that jujitsu is actually a form of meditation for me. It is meditation in movement. So this allows for me to push out all of the other thoughts that I have going on. And my training allows for me for that one hour to focus specifically on the movements that I'm training through. So it doesn't look like it, but jujitsu is a chess match. We are thinking three, four, five steps ahead of our opponent and we're thinking of our next movement. Where am I going to put my hand? Where am I going to put my foot? Where am I going to put my leg? How am I going to grab their arm? How am I going to grab their leg? So it keeps my brain focused on one thing. It keeps me thinking about what I'm in and doing at that present moment, which is essentially what we need when we're meditating. and trying to navigate anxiety is getting our mind to just focus and hone in and funnel down into one thought. So for me, I didn't realize it, but that's why I was so drawn to jujitsu is because it was allowing for my brain to say, okay, all the other stuff right now is completely BS. I have to focus on either one, not getting choked out or getting my limbs broken, but then two, how do I manipulate this person's body in order to get the tap or get the choke or whatever? So number one, meditation has moved and you've got to really figure out what's going to work best for you. Is it going to be some type of movement that is allowing for this meditative state? Is it going to be evening time? Is that when your mind is rushing the most and you need those nighttime uh, rituals and meditation to help just get those thoughts to just chill out. Um, and it might look like creating this full space of getting a pillow, getting uh, candles lit, turning on certain music or getting a certain scent going to get your mind and body prepared to just chill and focus on one thing at a time. So number one, meditation has helped. Number two, journaling. And this sounds so cliche, but I cannot tell you enough on how important and powerful it is putting pen to paper. So, um, and I'm not just going to leave you with a, just go journal, just get, just get a book and a pen and journal. I think 
when we're talking about specifically anxiety, uh, what we don't want to do is allow for a question to come up because in our minds we're like, oh, crap, another question that I have to answer, another whole array of emotions that I've got to try to navigate through to even get something on paper. What has worked really well for me when it comes to journaling is brain dumps. Brain dumps, brain dumps, brain dumps. So um, sometimes I'll set a timer and depending on the situation. So I will set a timer if it's like I'm feeling rushed or I'm feeling anxious, like I just don't have time to get things done. I'll set like a 30 second timer and I'll just get, I don't even keep the same journal for this. I'll sometimes I'll write on a random piece of paper and then I'll end up tossing it. It's just because I need to get it out. Um, but I'll set a timer for 30 seconds and the brain dump is essentially whatever comes to your freaking mind. Like there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, I mean, there's, it's gotta be right. It's gotta be right for you. But meaning like you just got to get the thoughts out. I mean, I've written some of the most random things, even as much as this is really dumb. I do not want to do this, but I know it's going to be good for me. Or it can be, I really need to go to the grocery store later. Maybe I should remember all the things or what I need to do. So just getting the thoughts out of our minds and onto a piece of paper can be so therapeutic. And when you have more time, and I've set my uh, timer probably, the longest time I've set, set it for has been like 10 minutes. And when I just allow myself to just flow and just go, there's been times where it started out very... Dear diary, this is how I'm feeling right now. But then by the end of it, my writing has changed to something possibly poetic, possibly a way to get a specific emotion out. So then I have this space to feel it and not be judged by it. And then just having it out has been really helpful. So journaling, brain dumps, brain dumps, brain dumps, brain dumps are really, really good for trying to navigate anxiety. Number three. Now, I know if I have any other E3 wing twos out there or type A personalities where we're just like got to get all the things done. And if you're still trying to navigate through your anxious moments, number three is creating a to-do list. Your girl thrives on to-do lists, okay? That is my jam. If I can sit down and plan out my day and get my list of things that I'm gonna get done that day written down, Oh, I feel like I'm unstoppable. Like you, you can't stop me when I have a list of things to do and I'm going to get them done. Um, but also this does the same thing as like a brain dump when we're doing our journaling, but this has a very specific goal and intention. It's getting all the things that we have to do out of our mind again onto paper, but it's giving it a space where we can check it off. Because for me, in my mind, I'm like, I have all these things to do. I really just want to be successful, productive today, but I don't know how. But as soon as I read it, okay, get two loads of laundry done. Okay, I got one done, there's two done. Okay, check. Oh, cool, I got something done. Um, it could be take out the garbage today. All right, cool, took out the garbage. It could be call mom and remind her about the birthday party. Boom, check, called her, let her know. It's just something about that freaking check mark that helps me feel that anything that felt overwhelming before is doable and I can get it done. 
So that was number three, creating a to-do list. Number four kind of goes hand in hand with number three. Now, when it comes to my anxiety, I think the issue that I've run into the most is that I have so many things that I want to do. I have all of the things that I want to get done, but I don't have enough time. I don't have enough space or energy to get these things done. And it gets overwhelming. It's like, oh my gosh, I just like planned my day horribly. How am I even going to get all these things done? I don't know how I'm going to do it. And it stresses me out even more. And hence here comes maybe a panic attack because I'm like, oh man, I missed that deadline or I'm going to miss this deadline or I'm not going to be able to get this done. Um, people are relying on me for this and that. And it just gets really, really stressful. So number four, you're going to set a timer for your to-do list. This has been really good for me because when I get to these days where it's feels like 50 million things on my to-do list, but I'm able to set a timer, 10 minutes. I cannot tell you how many times I've proven myself wrong where I'm like, I can't get this done in 10 minutes. There's no way I've set a timer for my to-do list for each item on that to-do list, if it's within my home and it's not something I have to go run like errands through town, if it's in my home, if I set a timer for 10 minutes and just focus on that one thing, I got my to-do list. Okay. Here's the one thing that I'm going to work on for this 10 minutes, set the timer go. I usually end up getting it done before the timer even goes off, which makes me feel like okay, an actual competitor. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it done before the timer goes off. Like I have to race, but I've gotten something done in a short amount of time. Okay, cool. Checked off the box, reset the timer. Okay. There was something else I needed to do. Oh, yep. need to clean out the fridge. So I'm only going to spend 10 minutes on it to clean out the fridge. Boom. It's done. Excuse me. <laughs> Say the timer goes off before you get that thing done you still have put in 10 minutes worth of work into something that you had on your to-do list, meaning you were so much more closer to getting it done than you were before, which should help for me anyways, has helped with my anxiety and kind of settling that. Make sure nobody's popping up in my house. Anyways, so set a timer. Number five, this one is really, really important because when I'm going through my bouts with my anxiety or even sometimes my depression, I have a really hard time remembering the good things. I kind of go to this little bit of a dark state when I, when I am going through my panic attacks and stuff of like, nothing's going right. It's a lot of the self-sabotage talk and the negative self-talk is nothing is going right. I can't ever do anything. What am I, what am I even here for? What am I even doing? Like, I don't, I can't get anything done. And what's the point? And I start spiraling and it gets really, really bad. So being able to stop, stop myself. And this one, you can either journal it or you can just say it out loud and just think on it is practicing gratitude. And I'm, you can keep it as general as you like, but I always encourage people and I challenge them to get really specific. It's really easy to come up with five things, kind of just broad. My house, my cars, my family, my friends, food. Those are all things that we're all like really thankful for. It's very universal, very general. But what if you honed in on the past 24 hours and got really specific with what you're, you're grateful for? 
and being able to say down to I really love these fuzzy slippers that I have because they keep my feet warm and they feel really, really comfortable. That's also something else that my counselor had insisted I do is get a little bit more in tune with the senses that I do have around me. So touch, feel, smell, taste, hear, all of that. So honing in on something as simple and as little as warm fuzzy slippers. I mean, I'm absolutely grateful for that. So this gets our mind again, to focus on one thing and being really specific about it. And it also reminds us and keeps us grounded in the good things that we do have happening in our life. Like, yeah, I'm grateful for my husband, but I love being able to have a movie night with him because it allows for me to just cuddle with him and hang out with him for that set amount of time in the movie. So being specific about the things that we're grateful for can be really helpful. And then making it in that time frame of 24 hours reminds you that, dang, today a lot of things really good has happened. And that the this big picture that I've created in my, my mind of all these things that just aren't working is minuscule compared to the things that I have to be grateful for right now in this moment. So things that have helped me with my anxiety that if you would like to try them, go for it. If you don't, that's fine too. But number one, meditation. Figure out what type of meditation is going to work best for you. Number two, journaling, brain dumps. Those are gold. So brain dumps. Number three, creating a to-do list, getting all the things that you have going on in your mind onto a piece of paper with a check mark box next to it so you can feel oh so good about checking that box. Number four, setting a timer for those tasks, a 10 minute timer for those tasks that you get to check off. And next thing you know, you're going to have things done way sooner than you thought you were going to in the first place. Number five, practicing gratitude and being specific about thinking of the things that you're grateful for. I encourage you to think about five things within the past 24 hours that you are absolutely grateful for and get specific and detailed about it. So I really hope this helps. And you know, like I said at the beginning of this live is that doing my recordings like this really just gets two birds with one stone. I'm able to connect with you through social media, but I also get my recording done for the podcast. Again, you're hearing it first. I'm changing the name to the EIE, the Enough is Enough podcast. It is no longer that. We've changed the name. It is now I am with hopes of instilling in everyone that listens that we have the power to manifest. We have the power to conjure up the things, the good things in our lives. And there is power behind I am statements. So when we're talking about anxiety and just the struggles that I've experienced and the things that I'm trying to hone in on my statement for the end of this recording, the end of this podcast is going to be, I am enough. I am enough. Which has always helped me. And I'm going to say that with my anxiety, I've always had to remind myself, I am enough. What I'm doing right now is enough. What I'm showing and bringing to the table is enough. So I am enough. I hope that was helpful. Again, if you didn't get to catch this live, that's totally okay. I will be reposting it to our 
I am podcast. It's on Spotify. I will definitely be posting about it tomorrow. Wednesdays are our drop dates and this has been fun. So I hope this is helpful. I'll catch y'all later. The I am podcast was created and produced by me, Cola Shippentower. You have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that. Because you don't know who you're going to